Hey, so, um, yeah, some of you were here Wednesday night, and we, we were going in battle for Benny Johnson, Bill Johnson's wife. Um, she been, had been suffering from cancer for quite a while, and there was a call through the Bethel Leaders Network and through the church, um, online community, the, the international worldwide um, family of, of Bethel to pray. And they were going to begin Wednesday night and for five nights just have a call to prayer. She had been taken off of her chemo and hospice had come in, which, so we needed a miracle. And uh, we prayed that evening as a church. And um, that evening when we got home, uh, our, our Forrest and Amy are out of, uh, not here tonight, but she texted us a picture of Benny passing. It was from Bill Johnson's Instagram. And you know, it's, it's heartbreaking, but, but the good news is we know, we know where she's at, and we, we know that they are a very healthy family and church in how they're walking through this. So what I want to get to with telling you this is that today Bill preached. Three days after Benny passes away, he's up there preaching, and not because he's trying to prove to everybody that he can get up and, you know, belly up to the bar and and you know just keep going he's he 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 gave a message out of his brokenness um what i want to do in part is just i want to share something that was um spoken by him so i'm going to try to play it i tried to extract the video and it just wasn't working so um sorry that's not the part that i want to play i'm going to back it up I'm just going to let you guys hear. This is, this is Bill's response today. One of, one of the responses that he said, I feel like this is just so powerful. So hopefully you guys will be able to hear it okay. They, we never get them back again. They're once they come and then they're gone, and I never have a chance to steward that moment again. It's, I get one crack at it. And uh, to take the moment of greatest pain or the great, greatest loss or the greatest confusion or whatever and just grab it and determine I'm going to do, I'm going to do the best I can to give him an offering that costs me. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give him an offering that costs me something. I'm going to give him a sacrifice that I'll never have a chance to give him again. I get one chance at this painful moment. So he's talking about in the place of our pain, while we're, I don't need that microphone, do I? While we're here on earth, in the place of, of loss, in the place of pain, this is the only opportunity we will have to offer to him a, offer to him a sacrifice of praise in the midst of our pain. When we're in heaven, there will be no more weeping, there will be no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow. And Bill has modeled this so wonderful for the body of Christ as an example, as a, as a kingdom father in the faith to show us and, and he's, he's broken. I mean, he was weeping. I would encourage you guys, if you have a chance to, to listen to today, you can get it on YouTube. You know, they have a Bethel channel. You can and find Sunday morning. Bill Johnson is such a powerful message. There's so much to pull from. I, I even grabbed some of what Chris Valentin had shared on Facebook. So let's just, let's just take a quick look before we worship. I feel like this, 
this is going to set us up tonight for, for worship. So these are some of the points that Chris uh, noted down. The backslider in heart will always judge God by what he didn't do. That's very important. Answers wouldn't fix the problem. Only his presence will. Heaven is him. Matthew 16, 9 through 11. Now, after he had risen early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and reported to those who had been with him while they were mourning and weeping. When they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they refused to believe it. Mourning kept them from believing. Matthew 5, 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Mourning can lead you to comfort, or it can lead you to unbelief. The inability to live with mystery keeps us from childlessness. Not sure. I didn't re read that first, but that's what he typed. So it keeps us from childlessness. Hope is the joyful anticipation of good. So Bill was saying that, that grief and mourning is, is biblical, it's important, but it's what we do with it. We can, it can take us to a place of unbelief, or it can take us into a place of blessing. Here's just a couple more notes. This is good stuff. This could be the preach for today, in case we run out of time for anything else. If I praise him without surrender, then I am just making a business deal. I will do this for you, and you do this for me. I don't ever want to be the one who critiques God. He critiques me. That's so good. My friendship with God can only go as far as the depth of his lordship in my life. Just kind of let these statements just kind of rest on you. That wasn't my typo. That's Chris. His... <laughs> I think it's, he gives us peace beyond our understanding. Therefore, I have to give up the right to understand so I can get the peace he wants to provide for me. Worshiping in pain is only possible on this side of heaven. So this is a privilege. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning, excuse me, I'm speaking NIV here, despising the shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So for Jesus, getting ready to go to the cross, he considered it joy. He found joy in his sacrifice because he was he was getting ready to, to grab an inheritance, which is you and me and every other believer. Last couple points from Chris. We must live in holiness and endurance. It's actually Bill, not Chris. We must live in holiness and endurance. God has given us the spirit of endurance, not of throwing in the towel and just walking away from it. Every loss is a seed that can bring life and blessing. And God brings beauty out of ashes. So why don't we stand up? Because 
you know, we're in this place to offer our worship to him. You know, our, our, number, our number one ministry, and by the way, you are all called to the ministry. Ministry is not for those who've gone to Bible college. The Bible calls us as believers, as sons and daughters of God, a priesthood of all believers. When you got saved, you entered into a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You became a person belonging to God, that you would be a minister of God and unto him. And our number one ministry as believers is unto the Lord. He's made it so good. Like, I love to worship. He made it so good. He made it easy for us to find our first ministry. And that's just lifting our, our song, lifting our voice, lifting our lives, our offering of our bodies to him as living sacrifices. And when we worship him and we offer ourselves to him, he responds, whatever you place on the altar, he will respond with fire. He will come and release his presence on that offering. Your offering tonight is precious to the Lord. What you have to give him from your heart is so valuable to him. He loves you and he loves every sacrifice, every yes that you say to him, every step you take that he is calling you to step into, he marks it, he blesses it, and he, he's just so, like a good father, he's so proud of his sons and daughters when they say yes to him and move forward. And his blessing is on that. His presence will come upon every sacrifice, every offering. I'll never forget the first time that I found myself in a deep place of worship. I was living by myself. Finally, I had a... Sorry, that sounded bad. I love oh, being married, and I, love, I, I loved so it was finally not having roommates and having a season of just having a house to myself because I could just worship my guts out and be loud as I wanted to. And I, I was worshiping Jesus. I was learning to worship the Lord through music. Now, music is not the only way to worship, by the way. You can worship Him through your daily activity. Everything you do, do it as unto the Lord, the Bible says. But, but we can worship him with our voice, with our words, and by offering ourselves with our words and letting your heart join with your mind and your body and, and releasing to him truth and offering. Yeah, truth and offering? I don't know. The Lord is looking for worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. So I guess that works. Truth and offering. Worship in spirit and in truth. <laughs> um, I was worshiping, though. I put on this old Petra Praise album. It's kind of goofy sounding these days if you listen to it. But I was singing that song by myself. I had my Bible open, and I was singing that, Take me into the Holy of Holies. Take me in by the blood of the Lamb. You know, Take the coal, cleanse my lips. Here I am. And as I worshiped the Lord, I felt for the first time, I felt the presence of the Lord like wind coming down over my head. The house did not have air conditioning. There was no ceiling fan. I felt wind from up above me blowing down. And I, I didn't freak out, but I broke. And I fell on my knees and I wept. <laughs> Sometimes the response is shaking. Sometimes it's laughing. Sometimes it's weeping. It could be a mix of all of it together. Tonight, the Lord just wants to, he wants to draw close to you as you draw close to him. He says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. So we're going to begin our worship tonight by looking at this first three verses of Isaiah 60. And the prophet Isaiah was prophesying not only about Jesus, but we are 
we are the body of Christ and we are in Christ. So this prophecy is for us. And the word of God says to you and me, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. Nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. So let's pray. And as we pray, we're just going to step right into worship. So Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for rescuing us from that thick darkness that is over the people of the land, over the peoples of the earth. God, you rescued us from the darkness and you transferred us from that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You've set our feet upon a rock, a firm foundation, and we will not be shaken because you are unshakable and your kingdom is unmovable. We thank you tonight that we belong to you, that we are in you, and that your light, the light of your presence has risen over us. The glory of the Lord has risen over us, that we're the carriers of your presence, King Jesus. So we just say, come and have your way tonight. Come and release more of your grace and your glory over each person here. Let the weight of your glory be felt in this room. Let it not just be felt, but let it go deep through our skin, through our being, into every fiber of who we are. Let our minds and our bodies and our spirits be transformed as we behold your glory tonight. God, we come to give you praise. We come to worship you in Jesus' name. So let's just give him worship, guys. deeper tonight, Lord. Even if the music has ended, God, take us deeper. Holy Spirit, would you just come and sweep us up into your river tonight? Catch us up, Lord. We love you, God. We want to see your face, Lord. Show us your glory. presence is, well, obviously the Lord is here tonight, but I feel like in his presence, the Lord wants to heal. He wants to heal bodies tonight. 
He wants to heal hearts. He wants to heal minds. He wants to impart strength and grace into your being, into your body. So I'm just going to say, if, if that's you, if you need healing in your body, or if you just need strength and grace to be imparted to you, just stand up and where you're at and raise your hand. So if you see a hand up next to you, let's just surround you guys on that side. Why don't you just get around Vonnie? We'll come over here and get Cindy, Cynthia.
These guys are going to finish praying over here for Sandy. And if you have a prophetic word, which I believe that's why you guys are up here, why don't you, uh, is that why you're up here? Prophetic word? Or you came up here for prayer? Oh, oh. Oh, okay, we're not done. Okay, so here we go. I'm just going to mute this thing.
you, Lord. So, hey, if any of you guys up here um, have a word to minister, and I'm going to ask the two of you to stay up, because we are going to have a time of communion this evening. And we thought we would give David and Cara a second chance, you know, just in case they messed it up a little bit last time. I'm teasing you guys. I said last time they did so good that it's just have them do it every time. I'm not, not going to you know, pick on you every time, but they, I did ask them if they would do it again. But we just want to take some time, and whatever the Lord is, is dropping, Barbara, you want to come up to you if you have something. You know how it is that like you look at people and then, no pressure, no pressure, okay. I just wanna honor Bill and Benny. I've been like crying like a baby in the back. I wasn't always a Christian, I was a pretty dark person and involved in a lot of garbage and stuff. And Jesus loved me in my darkness. He reached out to heaven and said, I'm here. And he gave me salvation when no one wanted to give me salvation. <clears throat> and then got introduced into like this renewal and revival and what we're seeing here and how we're worshiping. And there wasn't too many people in the early 90s that were on that, but Bill and Benny were. And we'd drive up there every week three hours we take a truckload of carload of kids and Bill, Benny, Chris, Banning, CJ, they always, always made sure we didn't go home without getting blasted with the Holy Spirit. And I'm just so thankful because Bill, in your deepest darkest, gave an offering and we're blessed because of them we're blessed with we know it's different with the father but when it's a human doing it and we're living in faith the angels like dad was saying earlier they're sitting here and being amused i mean they're with the father they see the father we're walking in faith and i just i tie it back you know elijah this is very real for me because I was in a deep, dark place. And Bill and Benny, they just made, made it possible for me to see the Father's face. They helped guide the way. And so I'm just, and then I came here tonight. I was dealing with some things. I had some things in my life that I was focused on. And then I just, when Bill said, you know, in, in our deepest, darkest, like our down point, we give our best offering and whatever you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with it doesn't have to be a death it could be finances it could be sickness it could be hate whatever you're dealing with give that offering I, I believe a lot of us did it during worship but remember take this away and give it to him as worship realize what he's done for you that he's given you salvation that the king is alive. Yeah, give the man a tissue. We don't want him using his t-shirt. Just 
sniff back really hard. Mother Teresa. Yeah, Mother Teresa. Oh, if you said mother, I would have figured that. <laughs> yeah, she she said one person at a time. And that's how churches is it's coming. It's coming. Get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> during worship, the Lord is just telling me we are at his banqueting table. We are seated at his banquet. It's a great Sunday dinner with your family. It's got all the fixes, everything you want. You can relax. You can eat and partake of the Lord. Everything that you need, he has. And his banner over us is love. So I just feel his love tonight feasting in his presence we can take off that heavy yoke that heavy burden and just rest in his peace that peace that surpasses all understanding like chris said um, in the message tonight we surrender our understanding so we can rest in his understanding so i just want to release tonight lord the understanding that we are at your table we get to partake of everything that you have already laid in front of us. We can't do anything to earn it. We just have to sit and enjoy your presence and enjoy you and rest under your covering of love. In Jesus' name. good to be at the table and I know that when I see a table full of food especially if it's God's table I don't want just one plate I want it all get it all look at that table and Lord, Lord I want it all whatever you have I'll take it whatever you have for me just one more yeah and yeah and he will never turn away the hungry he will never send us away empty. He wants to fill. He will fill the hungry. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you've come to satisfy our souls tonight. That you're doing more in the unseen than what we can even see. So we thank you, Lord. We just receive, God. We just open, let's just open wide our hearts tonight. You can do it. You can put your hands out. You can do whatever you want. Stand on your head if you want. 
<clears throat> just don't hurt yourself. Yeah, we just receive your love, God. You are everything we need. You are everything. There is only Christ, and he is everything. Thank you, Lord. We just receive you, God. We say we're, we're here. We give you our all in exchange for you. We, we surrender ourselves for you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we're going to get ready just to go into communion time, and these guys have have a, a special word from the Lord regarding communion, and that's going to bless you. It's going to bless all of us. Um, just right before we go into that, I just wanted to encourage Cindy as a as a visitor, as a guest tonight, um, sometimes I look up people's names just to find out name meanings. And you already know what your name means. It means light. And yeah, we, we want to encourage you that you are a light, that Jesus said that, that you are the light of the world. Yeah, out of, your, out of you shines the light of Jesus. I believe that, that there's something unique about your, your eyes and your countenance that shines the light of Jesus. And I believe that in the days ahead, you're going to begin to not only get a deeper revelation that, that you shine his light, but you're going to hear his voice. You're going to hear him say, Cindy, Cindy. And every time you hear his voice, it's going to activate that light. That light that radiates out of you is going to be activated. You're going to come to a, a revelation that you are shining like a lighthouse. Like a, like a tower of light. And he's going he's gonna to activate that light when you are in the presence of people who are feeling in a dark place. And you're going to bring hope to them. You're going to bring encouragement and light, even if it's just a kind word. Even if it's just a, a word saying, it's going to be okay. Things are going to get better. You're not alone. So we just, just bless you tonight. We just want to bless you. We want to take the bucket, the garbage, well, not a garbage can, because that's gross, like the heavy uh, bucket of Legacy City Blessing and just, just dump it all over you. So we're going to turn you guys loose unless you got something else. Okay. Oh, Tammy and I, we're going we're gonna to help.
have a seat if you want. This is going to take a few minutes. Yeah. Because <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is saying to me today, I want to prime the pump. <clears throat> and he has a word for you today. And I'm just excited to share it with you because it's been something that's been on my heart and he wants me to continue sharing it with you. And you guys, there is a theme here. There's so much food on the table <laughs> and there's something for everybody. And Jesus is in the business of multiplying food. When he multiplied it for the 5,000, there was just a few loaves and some fishes. And he had no problem multiplying it for them. And everybody was fed and there was food left over. Okay, he did it for the Israelites way back in the day. That's why he's not new to the business. He's been doing it for a long time. When they were out in the wilderness and they had nothing, they had no uh, food, God fed them with manna day after day. And then later Jesus reveals that that wasn't just manna, that was, that was me, that was my body. And so that's why this I, I get excited about, the more I learn about communion, the more excited I, I get about it. <clears throat> and so this word that Holy Spirit uh, wanted, wanted to talk to you about was just knowing more about the bread. Let's go back to when Jesus fed those 5,000, those same group of people the next day, they still didn't believe he was Jesus, the Son of God. And he's trying to explain to them, I am. And in John, he's saying, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Come every day to me and you will never be hungry. Believe in me and you will never be thirsty. And later he said, the living bread I give you is my body, which I will offer as a sacrifice so that all may live. And then he said, listen to this eternal truth. Unless you eat the body of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have eternal life. Eternal life comes to the one who eats my body and drinks my blood, and I will raise him up in the last day. For my body is real food for your spirit, and my blood is real drink. Let that sink in. His body is real food for our spirit, and his blood is real drink. The one who eats my body and drinks my blood lives in me and I live in him. The father of life sent me and he is my life. In the same way, the one who feeds upon me, I will become his life. Jesus is our source of life. Then later in John 15, he begins describing our relationship with him. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you're powerless. But if you live in life in union with me and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. You must continually let me love and nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love. So there's many ways we can get his body, and it's by reading his word daily. 
and it's by these elements, the bread. And that's how we begin to grow that relationship with him. And that's why it's so special for us. I just got a little bit more to go. So loving, he says, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And it sounds a little scary sometimes. And later he says, loving me empowers you to obey my word and my father will love you so deeply that he will come to you and make you a dwelling place. We partake of his body and Jesus and his father find a dwelling place in us. We're becoming his temples. And then in John 16, he says, For here is eternal truth. When that time comes... Oh, I skipped ahead. No, I didn't. When that time comes, you won't need to ask me for anything, but instead you will go directly to the Father and ask him for anything you desire. He will give it to you because of your relationship with me. But now you can ask and keep on asking him, and you can be sure that you will receive what you ask for, and your joy will have no limits, for the Father tenderly loves you because you love me and believe that I've come from God. And so when we look at the bread, we discern it as his body, and it is his body. And his body is healing for us. And it brings us one step closer into that relationship with us. He is in the Father. The Father is in him. And when we partake of the bread and the cup, he is in us. And it's just that. I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain any further than that. <laughs> but it's amazing and I want more of that. So Lord, I just pray that your word would nourish our bodies and that which is your body would nourish our bodies. Your body was broken for us so that we could be made whole and we could be healed. So Lord, thank you for that. In Jesus' name, let's take a breath. we're coming into that unity with him. Jesus' blood washes away all of our sins. And his death it ripped the veil, so it, it took away that separation between us and the Father. And so we have direct access to the Father, guys. Thank you so much, Father, for sending your Son to die on the cross for us. Your blood washes away our sins, Lord God, and we have direct access to you. 
thank you for your death and your resurrection. You are our source of life, Lord God. And we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Let's take the cup. really sure where to go from here but all I do know is that I just want to stay in that sense of worship God wants to meet with you on a personal level he wants to nourish you and God wants to take that word that he's spoken into you tonight and he wants to multiply it and we can take that word and get our own healing and we can take what's left over and we can give it out and pretty soon we're going to be trying to give out that word so fast it's, we can't we can't even, we can't give it away fast enough here you go you got some you got some everybody, everybody get some jesus is not new to this he's got lots of bread it doesn't matter if you come to jesus with a crumb lord jesus how do you multiply this in my life. That's all it is. Jesus does the rest. We submit to him. It's his kingdom. And we change our, our thinking begins to change. Uh, none of this worked before, but all right, God, how do how do I do this for you? Because I want I want you I want what you have. How do I do this for you? How do I orient to you? How do I serve you? How do we serve you, Lord? Jesus is good. It's not my word, it's his word. That's the best part about it. I'm just the delivery piece. <laughs> so I don't know. If anybody's got an inkling to pray, or if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, sometimes the Holy Spirit gives me pictures. But I just want to glorify him. Let's glorify him. Let's just pray in tongues for maybe a couple minutes and glorify him. Father, we give you all the honor. We give you all the glory. We lay down our crowns at your feet, Father. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You are mighty and powerful, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Praise Father. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> now we can laugh. <laughs> now we can laugh. <laughs> bless you guys all. You guys are awesome and I love you and we love you. And we love to see what Jesus is doing here. So, There we go. Hey, this thing's been in a box for two years now, so it's time to test it. 
was a good word. I just, what, what I felt like God was highlighting off that word for me was that increase. That was the word, right? Increase, multiplication. You know, Jesus said about the kingdom that it's like yeast. Though it just takes a little tiny bit of yeast, it spreads through the whole loaf and it causes it to expand. Though, though the kingdom, it's like the tiniest little mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds, yet it grows and becomes this huge tree that birds can come and rest in. The kingdom expands. So whatever he's deposited, whatever seeds of the kingdom you've received, whether that's tonight or over the years, maybe you have to go back and look over the seeds, the, the words, the promises of God, because there's still yes, there's still yes and amen. All of his promises are yes and amen. Yeah, so we just, God, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, that, that you didn't save us into a boring religion, right? But you saved us into, into a kingdom where we actually have family. And I, I thank you for the, the family that you've, you've brought together here. And it's, it's gonna grow because the kingdom is in it. It's gonna expand. It's good. So if you're hungry for relationships, kids, if you're hungry for friends, for young people, it's gonna grow. God's kingdom expands for us older people, you know, we, we want to see our family grow. We want to have more brothers and sisters that we can have opportunity to hang out with. So it's not just one person, you know, every time that gets tired of you or something. Not that you guys get tired of me, right? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> <sighs> Jesus is so good. He's so good. Well, hey, let's, let's read the Word of God. Can we read the Word? Because it fits. It fits perfect tonight. You should keep, hang on to that thing. You might have a word. You might decide to, the Holy Spirit might just land on her and she might start prophesying. You just never know. It's just so good tonight. I don't know, even just praying before everyone got here, well, it was kind of half the, the room was... The prayer felt like we could have just kept going. Yeah. But I don't know, I probably would have ended up on the floor or something. So <laughs> I, was, I was getting a little, I was having fun. See, Jesus saved me out of a lifestyle of drugs. You could ask him, but my dad probably doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. But there's, you know, there's stories. It's just part of my history, but it's, his story it's his story of how he redeemed my life from the pit he came and he rescued me out of my deep darkness and he brought me into his light and i'm ever forever grateful because my parents fasted they prayed they they trusted god to to rescue me and i was doing some stupid stuff i mean I got to the point where i was sticking needles in my arm i couldn't actually do it i had someone else to do it for me I could not stick a needle in. I tried. I have really veiny feet, and I tried. 
I knew how to set it up and I, I had it all set up and I just couldn't do it. So I just took it and squirted it in my mouth instead. That's, that's stupid. That's the spirit of stupid. Yeah, I, I, was, I was living in the land of stupid. But he knew that what he had to offer was real compared to the, the imitation joy, the imitation peace. It's fake peace, kind of like fake news. It's fake peace. It's fake joy. See, I could take a substance and try to bring joy, but it would wear off and it would leave me feeling polluted like I ate poison. I could smoke something that would give me peace and chill for a while, but then I feel like I'm stupid. My mouth's dry and, I, and I'm just like, this, that's not the way. Yeah. He saved me because, like in the words of Steve Backlund, there's no high like the most high. Like, he will get you high. And I'm not, that, that might sound weird to some of you. That might feel like sacrilegious or something. Okay, we don't go to him to get high. We go to him because he has what we need yeah. in our innermost being. He's the one that satisfies my soul. And you just wouldn't imagine sometimes, but he will take you into a place of almost drunkenness, but it's not illegal drunkenness and it's not throwing up drunkenness unless you got a demon and it needs to come out. <laughs> that could happen, I suppose, you know. But he will give you the, the physical, the mental, the spiritual peace and joy and love overwhelming that you're longing for. He's given me everything. I, if, I, if I need peace, I know where to go. He's my source. So my prayer for all of us is that Jesus would be our source. That yeah. we would learn how to run to him for everything we need. That we wouldn't yeah, I mean, you know, we, we go sometimes to food for comfort. Maybe it's to have a drink for comfort. But, but really, you know, we need to learn how to, how to go to him for the comfort first. It's okay to eat comfort food. I like mac and cheese and starchy stuff too. Well, actually, it's more like sub sandwiches. That's my, that's my downfall. I just start to think of the meat and the cheese and the, the bread, yeah. But Jesus is my bread, right? Yeah, he's my subway. That's right. Yeah, so, you know, just the old, the old vineyard song was, come and fill me up. Come and fill me up. Do you guys remember, any of you vineyard music fans, remember that song? Come, I'm not going to sing it. Come and fill me up. I can feel you flowing through me. Holy Spirit, come and fill me up. Something like that, I just messed it up. But yeah, come and fill me up. Lord, let your mercy wash away all of my sin. Fill me completely with your love once again. I need you. I want you. I love your presence. <sighs> yeah. Okay, so let's look at the word of God because it's, it's going to continue. Um, the last half of Ephesians 3 is all about overflowing with the love of God. We need his love so much. I, I'll speak for myself. I'll preach to myself tonight. And then you guys can take whatever you want to take. I need his love. Like, I can be very unloving. Not typically to my family. Maybe I am. Maybe it feels like I am. I don't, they know my heart, though. They know that I would lay down my life and die for them. I would put them first before I put myself 
in any place of, of getting something. They, they are first in my life. They are my first ministry. I minister to Jesus first. He is my number one ministry, and then my family is my second ministry. The church will never become my mistress. So if the church gets super huge, we're going to have a super huge team to minister to them because I am not going to sacrifice my family for the ministry. Okay, but so, yeah. So where was I going? Love. I need, I need love. But sometimes I don't have love for people. Sometimes that person inconveniences me when they, they want to stop me on my way into the grocery store or something. Maybe I don't have patience. Maybe I don't want to smell the smell of an unwashed person who hasn't you know, showered for who knows how long and lives on the street. You know, it's probably natural for us who aren't in certain situations to want to avoid being around people that are in situations. But I've come to realize over the years that if I'm not going to love on them, who's going to? If I'm not going to love on my coworker who could be a real turkey head, <laughs> turkey butt, <laughs> who else is going to? Maybe there is nobody else. They all know I'm a pastor, a pastoral mailman. I better watch how I conduct myself and not take my love off and put on whatever grumpiness because I got to work today because it's going to be 90 degrees out and they're going to mandate overtime again. And, you know, it's just, I can get, I can allow my circumstances around me to change me on the inside, like a thermometer. We always like to use this thermostat thermometer example, but it works. So don't get tired of it because I'll probably use it many times in the future. God did not put his spirit inside of me to turn me into a thermometer that reacts to my outward circumstances. He did not design you to react to everything going on around you. You and I are more like a thermostat. We have the Holy Spirit and power and anointing in us and on our lives to shift the atmosphere around us. So there's grace as we learn how to do that. There's grace how to forgive yourself for walking past that homeless person. Um, and there may be times where, where God is not highlighting them and you're not supposed to stop. I don't know. You know that's between you and God. You have to hear him for yourself. Because the enemy will bombard you with ministry opportunities if you're available to God in that kind of way. We have to learn how to hear his voice and go to who he's telling us to go to. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we, we don't just, oh, go ahead. We have to know what our peace is. And if we're losing our peace, then that's a really great sign. Like, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Yeah. And we do have to guard. We have to guard our time and um, because the enemy will just send things after you to wear you out. So it's true. So we have to know. We have to know what our what our piece is that we're supposed to do. Yeah, and I think it's so vital for us to know to know what our piece is and to know it as we are being filled by his love. Yeah. Because without love, we read it I think Wednesday night or maybe a while back, you know, without love we're nothing. We're just like a noise. We're a banging cymbal or crashing cymbals or a banging gong. 
no matter how much we, we give ourselves to ministering and, and reaching people and doing miracles even and praying for the sake, if we don't have any love, it's, it's meaningless. So we want Jesus to come and fill us. We want him to flood our being with himself and flood us with his love. And his love will lead us. We won't be led by our emotions. We won't be led by, you know, sloppy agape. If you guys, do you guys know what that is? Sloppy agape? What's sloppy agape? Someone help me. It's, it's a word we use, you know, agape is the love of God, right? It's, there's different kinds of words for love, but the love that God wants us to release, to walk in and release, it's, it's actually him, God is love. And that word love is agape. It's, it's the only kind of love that God can give. But sloppy agape is when we take his grace and his love further than he wants us to go with it. Seems like impossible. I'll just let you figure that out on your own. I'm not going to try to explain it. But I'm pretty sure when Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine, probably had something to do with that. I'll just, just leave it at that. But we're going to talk about love because we're not going to talk about why we need to close the tap on love. We're going to talk about why we need to open it wide. Like, we want to be baptized in his love. I, I want the baptism of his love. So the, let's read some scriptures, and then we might get done on time. There we go. Verse 14. So this is Paul. You guys know the story. He's, he's writing this letter to the church in Ephesus and his prayer for them. This is a, an apostolic prayer. This is a prayer that God wants to fulfill in each one of us. Paul said, I, I kneel, I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. He's the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. So if you want to say it, God is a family man. He's a family man. He's the author of family. Yeah. I won't sidetrack too much, but you know, it's no, no wonder there is such an attack on the family in our society. Mm -hmm. They want to destroy the family unit. They want to take our children and groom them to believe certain things and to pull them away from their reliance and value of their natural family. It's, it's part of the communist socialist agenda to go after the family. Gotta get the kids. You gotta get that next generation. God loves family. He loves your family, and he wants to see your family and, and our families whole and healthy and our relationships strong. He wants to see unity in his family. You know, it's the same that we pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. The family in heaven, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in perfect unity. The government of heaven is a family relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So in heaven, and let it become just as it is there here on earth. We want that same unity in our own families. We want to honor one another and value one another. You guys good? You guys okay? I better start reading this or we're not going to get done. So Paul prayed in verse 16 there. I pray that he would unveil within you. So just picture the curtains inside of your spirit pulled back, that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor 
God has unlimited riches of glory and favor. The glory is the weightiness of his presence. It's the weight of his character. All of the facets of God's nature, his love, his joy, his peace, his patience, his kindness, his goodness, self-control, all of that flows from him, all of the different facets of it. And the glory of God is the weight of that fruit coming into our lives. It's, it's the glory. We want his glory. We want his presence to come in all of his, his weight, all of his authority. I want to be crushed under the glory. Sorry if that bothers you, but okay. Until, so we want his glory and favor to be unveiled within us until supernatural strength floods our innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. That's the same power, the power that is inside of you that Paul is praying that by inspiration of the Holy Spirit that you and I would get a revelation of, that you would see with your, your inner eyes, your inner man, you would get a revelation, the light would come on, of the power that is at work within you, the glory and the favor and the explosive power. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's inside of you. You have resurrection power inside of you. Try it out. If you have a pet that, I won't look at you guys. If you have a pet that passes away, <laughs> lay hands on it. Start small, then work your way to people. When I was a housekeeper, your cat's going to be fine. Isabel's going to be perfect for taking care of your kitty. My Isabel, sorry. Um, when I was a housekeeper at Harrison Hospital, we would have to go up, usually they would have women do it, but they would go up into the labor and delivery unit and we would have to scrub the floors with this machine. It's all black tiled floor. And then you'd vacuum up the sudsy water and get it clean for the next person. Sadly, there was a little baby girl that, that was a stillborn. And I, I knew, I, if I remember right, I, I kind of walked past the, the area where there was a white cloth over this little baby. And my, in my heart, I was like, I remember reading in the scriptures when Jesus spoke to the, the, the girl, the little girl that was, had died. He said, and I don't know if it's the right way to say it in Aramaic, but it's what I, what I wanted to go over and say to this little baby, Talitha kum, Talitha kum, little girl, wake up. I, I was afraid, though. I was afraid that maybe someone would see. But imagine, Jesus, if he walked in that room, he would have walked over and said, little girl, wake up. And that cloth would have started wiggling and moving, and that baby would have been brought to that mom that was devastated. So there's a learning curve. We, we want to grow in these things. It's just part of my experience. I wish I could tell you that I went in there and, and, and released, I, I just spoke to the little baby spirit, you know, but I, I didn't. But I don't know, maybe that was the Holy Spirit speaking to me, prompting me. I definitely was filling that OR room and that whole area where I would work at night with worship. We would blast the worship and praise with some other co Christian coworkers and the non-Christian ones, they started liking some of the music too, which is kind of cool. And then we'd play hacky sack in there. That was fun. Anyway, okay, so let's move on to the next verse here, or we really won't get done. And there's only like five verses. So verse 17, 
Then, so as you get the revelation of the power of God at work inside of you, releasing favor and, and uh, not, well, grace and glory, then by constantly using your faith, ah, here we go, we gotta give it away if we want it to grow, right? We have to begin releasing it because we're like a vessel that, that needs to leak what's inside or it becomes stagnant and murky and moldy. It's kind of like if I don't clean the fish tanks after a while. Okay, so, I know that was weird. By constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. Released. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. I love the Passion Translation most of the time. Verses 18 through 19. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences. I could preach on Holy One. Just know, if you are in Christ, that's you. You're a saint. You are a Holy One. Doesn't matter how your day has been. Doesn't matter what your performance has been. You have been made holy through the blood of Jesus. It is your identity. Positionally, you stand in His holiness. You are holy and dearly beloved children of God. Okay? So, to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. Imagine that. It's not just a good feeling of, oh, I just want to hug you and kiss you. It's multidimensional. It, yeah, well, I don't have the words prepared to explain or even go into it, but his love. I mean, read 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Most of you are familiar with it. It has a good example of many of the facets there. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflow with the fullness of God. He wants to fill us with his love. Those stories of the last couple of Sundays that we've read of, the, of Charles Finney and Amy Simple McPherson, um, we didn't do one tonight. I thought, well, we don't want to like, wear this out and come repetitious about it. But they received a baptism of love. They sought the presence of God in the place of the secret place of worship in their own private places, in their homes. And they experienced a baptism of his love. It came with trembling, it came with electricity, it came with shaking, it came with weeping, and it came with waves of liquid love flowing into them. God is love, and when he fills us with himself, he's filling us with his love. So he's the source. If you feel like, I just can't love people the way Jesus did, better Change the way you think because Jesus is in you and he wants to fill you and he wants to flood you with love. He wouldn't have told you to love your brother and your neighbor as yourself and to even love your enemies if it wasn't possible. He didn't give us commands to do things if it wasn't possible. He gave us the command to love our enemies because he can give you the love for them. I had a family member one time whose spouse was very unloving to them. And it wasn't looking good. They, they wanted to leave. They wanted to get out of that relationship. And I encouraged them to, to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with love. 
Well, I had a testimony maybe a week later, I don't remember how long, that I did that. I asked God to fill me with love, and I wanted, I'm not saying names, so I don't want you to know who I'm talking about, um, or whatever, if someone listens to this. They said that they had this overwhelming love come upon them, and they hopped on their spouse's lap and wrapped their arms around them. And it was just, it wasn't like forced. It was so led by the Spirit. It was just like God over, overcame whatever it was on the inside that was causing disappointment and frustration and distance. And he just came with his love and bridged it. Okay, so he wants to fill you to overflow. And I think this is the last verse here. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. So why don't we stand up? We're going to just officially seal the deal tonight. We're going to take this scripture, and we're just going to let this rest on us. I, I feel like that, that sums it up. God's miraculous power the Spirit of Jesus inside of you and me, the Bible says in Romans 8, is releasing. His Spirit releases life into your physical body. It's good to get prayer, but know this. If you can't get someone to pray for you in person, the Spirit of God is in you. The power of resurrection life, the one who, who raises the dead is at work in you. And He can fill your body with life and healing. In fact, the Bible says He does. Without thinking, I, boy, I'm speaking in tongues. I think it even happens without even asking. Like there's something different with a Christian. I remember when I first got saved, my family member said, you look like you got color because I was a dummy before that dwelt in the dark stuff. And I was very pale and lifeless looking and I still have pictures I could show you guys sometime. Maybe we'll do a show and tell, not up on the screens. Tammy would get uncomfortable with that. But the pictures show that I, I, you could tell I was doing drugs and I was focused on the, the devil. All my music, my books I read, it all had to do with, with the dark side. And it, you could tell I was feeding on it. And what you feed on, what you put inside of your eyes and your ears and you take in to your mind, it will fill your body with itself. When Jesus came in, the lights came on. I looked different. I didn't realize it, but my sister-in-law, she's like, you look like you got color. So we're going to pray. The Holy Spirit's in you. So let's just uh, receive it tonight. Let's just put our hands out again if you want. You can lift your hands. We just say, Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you that you live inside of us, that your word gives us insight into what you want to do in us that you want to give us revelation and understanding of all the ways you work in us, all of the facets of your goodness and your love, how you want to manifest yourself through our being. Yes. So tonight, God, we just finish this evening off by yielding to you again. We worship you again. We lay it all down at your feet again, God, because we know that apart from you, we are nothing but with you. We have everything we need. You are all we need. So we just, we pledge ourselves to you. We consecrate our lives unto you, Jesus. And we give you thanks 
and praise for all that you're doing in us and the days ahead. In Jesus' name. Oh, and then we'll end with the scripture because I forgot. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise, right guys? That rises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. Amen.